Books with Aaron, Polly, and Wayne. I'm Aaron. This is Paul. And this is Wayne. You know, guys, I am super excited. I I, I, I could not be more excited. Um, it has been a long time coming, but we got the announcement this week that the third and final season of Netflix's Lost in Space is out oh, yeah. this Thanksgiving, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh I am super excited. In fact, I am so excited I have begun my rewatch of seasons one and two. I'm like four episodes into season so one I, now. I never watched that, but what I was excited about is we have a date for Orville season three now. Mm, hold on, Wayne. We're I, not we're not done talking about my thing. So you just you just you just sit on your fucking Orville thing. We're gonna talk about my thing. And spin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In fact we might not ever get to your thing, Wayne. <laughs> I just gotta say, you know, I, I know, I know, Wayne, you're not watching Lost in Space. Uh, I don't know what your reasons are for that, but it is a fantastic show. I absolutely love that show, and it, I, as much as I cannot abide the actress who plays Doctor Smith, even she is good at this show. I just, uh, I, I just, I just, I, I just love this show. I, and I, I'm so excited about the trailer. I'm so excited that it's getting the uh, a full treatment in terms of beginning, middle, and end. I'm very excited. So, Wayne, why don't you watch Lost in Space? Did you try and you didn't like it? You upset Wayne. <laughs> He's quit the podcast. <laughs> Are you done now? Uh, we're, we're, well, hold we, on. we did That's ask you a question. question. Answer the question, <laughs> sir. What question? <laughs> did you try Lost in Space and you didn't like it? Or no, have no, you just I not tried it? I just haven't tried it. Oh, okay. It is really good. I, I like, and, yeah. and, you know, one of the things that I like so much about it, and I, uh, I, it, it, like, like I said, it's so, it's so cool because I was thinking about it last week before the announcement came out going, man, we really should be hearing something soon. In fact, I was, I was getting into such a lost in space, uh, uh, mode that I watched the unaired pilot, right? You know, nowhere to hide from the original lost in space series. And that, I mean, if you've never seen that pilot, it is fucking awesome. It is such a science fiction show. It's not, it it was long before they started camping up the show with Jonathan Harris. In fact, Jonathan Harris isn't in that first unaired episode. And it is just so balls to the wall. You know, we are, we are in a really messed up state and we've got to run for our lives. And, the first couple of episodes of the new series very much emulate that unaired pilot, you know, in terms of how dangerous it is, how science fictiony it is. And I just I, I think they've just hit a perfect tone in this uh, in this Netflix series. So I I, yeah. I I highly recommend it. And the casting is wonderful in this show. Yeah, I think I'm very much looking forward to attending. Go ahead. I think the reason I never really watched it was because I've never seen the original. Really? And. Yeah, and uh, the only like Lost in Space I've seen is that movie that wasn't good. I actually kind of like that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. It is a product of its time for sure. Yeah, and the CGI, the CGI was bad when it came out. You know, so you can't even say, well, the CGI really didn't stand the test of time because it was bad when it came out. <laughs> but yeah, grow- growing up, Lost in Space wasn't on like reruns or anything. And I didn't have cable because we couldn't get cable where well, I lived. You've got Hulu, right? Yeah. I recommend go, going on to Hulu and watching um, the very first episode, Nowhere to Hide. And it, like I said, it was the unaired pilot. Um, 
and you don't have to watch anything else in in the the original Lost in Space series, but watch that episode because it it is very 1950s science fiction. It's got a very real Forbidden Planet sort of feel to it. It is just awesome. And you know, one of the things to to, to uh, marvel at is when they're driving around in the chariot. They built that thing. <laughs> you know, that was an actual functioning vehicle that they built. Uh, you know, that after the show Lost in Space was over, they used to as a shuttle bus on the uh, on, on the studio lot. I, I just I, I it blows my mind that that was a real thing that they built. I It's just a gorgeous show. It has a, has a terrific design aesthetic that is just 180 degrees from the Star Trek design aesthetic. And both of these shows were airing contemporaneously. So I, I it's just one of those things that I think is fantastic. And again, nowhere to hide. Watch it, Wayne. I, I think I think you'd be pleased. I will give that a try just for you, Aaron. Thank you, Wayne. Thank you, Wayne. Okay, now you may talk about your Orville <laughs> bullshit. buttering you up. <laughs> yeah. Now, I was just throwing the Orville thing out because you mentioned you were rewatching the uh, season. I've started rewatching Orville to you know prepare for when it comes out in March. How is that going? Because I find that I have no desire to <laughs> rewatch the Orville um, because, I, I, I don't know, like... While I certainly enjoy the show in its enti- in 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 aggregate, individually, like I'd have to skip over the whatever Borg Borat whatever the hell guys this this the sex slave episode where he was addicted to to oh, oh Boris to, yeah 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 oh no those are some of my favorite episodes are the Boris ones uh, I just uh, uh, no man it, <laughs> every episode that focused on because like season two they were like we're gonna focus on this guy every other episode and I'm like uh cringe just cringe now, what I'm surprised by are a lot of the episodes I thought were later in the season are really earlier and maybe because the first season is re- is only like twelve episodes. I really like but, the uh, Isaac storyline. You know, yeah, I, and that's, season two gets so much better than season one absolutely. was. But I'm going through both seasons just so I can remember it because it's been a couple years now. Yeah, it's now. been a minute. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, there is no shortage of quality television both on the air and, uh, and uh, on its way. Uh, but, you know, I got to tell you, this time next week, guys, we're going to be sitting right smack dab in the middle of... Of the fandom. Yes. So, yeah, next week. um, So, next Saturday, October 16th, um, as of the time we're recording, this is DC Fandom. And, you know, they've already kind of talked about some of the the stuff we're going to see. And, you know, for movies, we'll we'll see footage from the new Bat, or excuse me, the new Flash, well, and the new Batman, um, Black Adam, Aquaman. And now I don't know if we'll see actual footage in the movie or just behind the scenes uh, production art. Most of those films. Other than mm, most of those films are still in production, yeah. still being filmed. Um, so, well, Black Adam's done filming. Flash is still being have filmed. They, have uh, they finished principal photography on, on Black Adam? I hadn't seen that announcement. Yep. Huh. Good yep. for them. So, so it's actually happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, who freaking knew? Um, you know, and of course they, they they show like the preview of DC fandom and. Uh, obviously we'll get some, some Titans news and they announced that the new season of young justice will be, uh, featured and the peacemaker TV series. So there's a, there's a lot coming up so, in next week's fandom. So what are your plans about the fandom next week? Are you going to, are you going to watch it live or are you going to time shift? I don't know. Um, so the, the, uh, I, so I, I went to dcfandom.com 
And they said, add it to your calendar. And I'm like, sure. And I notice it says it, it, it creates a, um, a calendar thing. Like if you have a, like an iCal yeah. or, you know, whatever phone, um, that's from 1 PM to 5 PM Eastern time. Yeah. So I'm wondering if, you know, they, they have found a way to condense it into four hours, just, you know, nonstop four hours of goodness. And if that's the case, then yeah, I'll probably just hang around and watch it in the afternoon. So here's my, here's my suggestion. Cause I enjoyed this so much last year of watching mm-hmm. it live together. Uh, and I would invite our listeners, if you want to join us, uh, hit me with a direct message either on Twitter or, uh, Instagram and, uh, we'll invite you into our chat cause, uh, that, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. And round about three thirty. You'll start experiencing drunk Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and you know, round about twelve oh five Central Time, you'll experience drunk Aaron. <laughs> oh yeah, so there is a new trailer for the Batman. It do, it does say that specifically. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely hit us up on IOM Geek Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Let us know. We'll figure out how to do this live chat thing. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, yeah, that'll be It'll fun. Be I'm easy peasy mac and cheesy. So, Paul, you're not going all out and having uh, Batman and Superman-shaped burgers this year? Probably not the burgers. And donuts. Um, but probably I, – I, I will probably pre-order some donuts. Mm, donuts. Yeah, I'll probably get some DC donuts or or maybe a, a cake of some kind. Probably donuts. Yeah. I I, we'll see. Really, Cupcakes. I really wish they would stream this on HBO Max. Yeah, I think Are that's a mistake. You know, I I think that uh, that is a piece of content that I think people would really enjoy. Well, they yeah. do it, and I'm surprised they haven't, because um, I think Star Trek Day was streaming on Paramount Plus, and Aaron, you could probably correct me if I'm wrong there. I don't believe it. But, it I don't believe it was. I don't believe it hmm, was, and, and I, again, I think that's a huge mistake. I, it, you know, as you know, content is king, right? You know, I, hmm. I, I know that in terms of a Star Trek Discovery, context is king, but uh, you know, in terms of streaming, content is king, and. I feel like this is a huge missed opportunity. Like, for instance, mm-hmm. New York Comic Con's going on right now. And if I am a comic book publisher like Marvel, who has a streaming service, you know, Disney Plus, or DC, which has a streaming service, HBO Max, I would absolutely stream my panels. And I would push that, you know, in association with New York Comic Con. Here comes our panel, you know. Yeah. Why wouldn't you do that? That makes no sense to me. Yeah. Well, one thing just to get you guys a little bit hyped, uh, hyped. Have not hyped <laughs> as if you're not already hyped for DC Fandom is um, so I went to DCFandom.com and uh, you know you click the some of the exclusive merchandise and some of it won't be out until the panels reveal stuff but there is a DC Fandom Blue Beetle logo nice. T-shirt so I'm wondering if we'll get some movie news you know they already announced that the actor playing Blue Beetle would be um, the lead actor from Cobra Kai mm-hmm. so. Perhaps we'll get, you know, maybe a, some production art or something like that. Cause I don't even think that's filming yet, yeah. but they might, they might have some concept art we can see. Fun. Yeah. I'm still, I've never been a fan of the Jaime Reyes version of Blue Beetle. I don't like the basically Venom ripoff for the symbiote. Yeah. I like, I, am, I like Jaime Reyes for sure. I'm a Ted Cord fan. Well, thankfully we have both, right? Well, in, in comics nowadays. Well, and I'm hoping that, you know, that there's going to be some legacy Ted Cord in that movie. You know, yeah. why not butter both sides of your bread? That's all I'm saying. Who would you cast as Ted Cord? We can talk about it next week during fandom. During the fandom! Fandom! Brendan Fraser. All right. So. Brendan Fraser can't week. play all the parts. 
<laughs> Not Brendan Fraser. Get yes, out of he here. can. <laughs> so um, this week, you know, we talked about a little while back that, um, you know, in, in all these comic creators, um, the Scott Snyder's, Jonathan Hickman's, um, James Tinian's, all all these popular writers and artists have kind of I don't want to say jumped ship, but they've some of them have definitely jumped ship, but some of them have kind of just diversified to. I don't remember this, the name. It, it, this is how bad it is. Um, Thumbstack. You know, to, what was yeah, so, yeah, something stack. Substack. Substack. Yeah. Substack. Yeah. Um, you know, to, to get some of their creator-owned work out and, and, you know, basically use that as an option to make the money, you know, whole, to make 100% of the profits themselves before they then transition to um, kind of a more traditional model of selling that stuff to, to be printed by Image or Dark Horse or whomever. Um, you know, Scott Snyder has a Substack, but he made a deal with Comixology Unlimited as well. Um, and so he is releasing original books through Comixology Unlimited, which if you are a Comixology, um, it's like a drinking game. How many times can I say Comixology? Um, <laughs> you know, if you're if you're a member of Unlimited, I think it's eight bucks a month. You have free access to these comics. If you're not, you know, they're your standard three ninety nine cover price. Um, but he got like all star artists. So he's got um Greg Capullo, he's got Francis Maniapol, he's got uh, at least one or two more. I think he's got three or four books in total. Um, and the first one came out this week. We Have Demons, issue one, from Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, which, again, because we're all unlimited members, read for the nice cover price of free 99 so are you are you are you looking for us to jump in, Paul? Is that what this is? Yeah. Is that what that yeah, what the that, meaningful that was, gap the, was? That was what that pause was. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. pause that, okay. that that levelated right out. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. That so, was that was cue your opinions. So because I haven't picked it up. This is uh-huh. this book is exactly what I was afraid it was going to be. Um, oh, no. Scott Snyder has really become a uh, comic book writer who feel I, it feels like like he doesn't understand the medium. Because he's putting his words over all the pretty pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- I mean, and I knew it. I knew it from the jump because he starts with this, you know, uh, full page description of what the book is about. And I found that really interesting because this is issue one. Don't tell me what the book is about. Show me what the book is about. Right. Yeah. So he does this full page of just kind of, you know, setting up the book and then it jumps in. And I mean, it is his narrative. It really chokes the book versus mm. greg capullo's art is fucking gorgeous in this book it is and, and i mean i'm just i'm like shut up scott let greg do his thing i mean but and i found i found that scott snyder's narrative really just put me off on the book um there's just not because it, it, it's a lot of narration versus mm-hmm. character dialogue. And so while I appreciate that I'm hearing it in the voice of the of the lead character, I've kind of pieced together what was going on before it's ever revealed to the character, right? And that's because, you know, we're genre fans and we've we've read these kinds of stories. And to be perfectly honest, there's not a whole lot fresh here. You know, this no. is th- this is very much uh you know, a, a, a hunter versus supernatural creature thing. So we've seen this in any number of different genre books. I, I, I liked, I loved the artwork in the book. I can't go on enough about the artwork in the book, but I got to tell you, the backstory doesn't seem particularly fresh. Um, and the, the, 
the text by Scott Snyder, I felt very, I mean, it's a 38 page book. Mm-hmm. I found it wearying. I mean, it wore me out. I'm just like, God, now there are some jump scares in the book. I mean, where you know the 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 panels are timed nicely, particularly in guided view. We're like, holy crap! But you know, one of the things I find amusing about this is that this is done for Comicsology Originals under the under mm-hmm. their Originals banner. You, would, I guess, we don't do guided, we don't do uh, motion comics anymore, right? You know, like like they the uh, the original those digital series of books where, you know, you would have things animate in the panel, you know, as you, yeah. as you guided view, like um, what Mark Wade did, where yeah. he was taking advantage of the format. I, but you know, I, that's, that's the phrase I'm looking for taking advantage of the format. I feel like there, there were some opportunities here to more, more fully embrace comiXology originals, um, you know, the, the platform and they just don't feel like, feel like they did that. But you know, there are, there are some nice things about the book. I just, I'm tired of Scott Snyder's too many words. He needs an editor. Wow. Yeah, I'm flipping through this now, and that first part of it, because I see it's broken up into parts. Uh That first part, the first couple pages, it's paragraphs on the left. Uh So, I mean, so I'll I'll say I didn't mind the book. Um, Uh I actually, I I enjoyed it now, that being said. Um, You know, I got two pages in. I'm like, this is basically uh, Dark Knight's Metal. Yes, absolutely. I said the same thing. You know, when when they when they go into the whole thing on a thousand swords were made, I'm like, what is yeah. your fucking deal? <laughs> it's like nth metal, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's exactly what it's you know, like. This is, this is exactly what they were, you know. Because there are molecules in the blades, you know. I mean, he gets into the whole, you know, metal metallurgy of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. I I found the book frustrating, you know, from See, the writer's perspective. Yeah, so I mean, I did enjoy it. Um, I thought it was fun, you know. I I'll, I I will pick up issue two. Well, um, I'll, I'll do pick the up same, the largely because it's included in my subscription. Now, I challenge your phrase of that it's free because you know I I do pay for Comicsology Unlimited. Well, fair. It's included within the confines of my subscription. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're you are correct. Yeah, you are correct. But I, you know, I. I, there are. I think that there is a lot here to like. I just, you know, when they hire these big name writers, I think part of it is, you know, you're 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 going to do your own thing. We're not going to edit you. And I think that's a mistake because I think the best art happens when you're solving for problems when there are some restrictions. And you know, I, like I said, I think Greg Capullo does an, an admirable job here, but Scott Snyder's hurting him. You know, because I, yeah. I, if I was paying for this uh, on the newsstand, right, um, I would not buy issue two because I was that frustrated by the book. Mm. Just saying. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I'd buy issue two and then I'd be frustrated and then I'd pop out, <laughs> you know, kind of, like my, kind of like my general Scott Snyderness. Right. Um, well, but I, I enjoyed you've got issue two one. issues and you'd have a fear of missing out on issue three. And so you just <laughs> keep buying it and we keep making fun of you for it. Exactly. <laughs> now, let me tell you about so, a book that I deeply, deeply enjoyed this week. Uh, and that is yet another fantastic first issue from Aftershock Comics, Chicken Devil. It is a book about a guy who owns a uh, chain of Tennessee hot chicken restaurants. And uh, his business partner apparently gets into a drug deal using the restaurants to smuggle drugs through. And, of course, doesn't let the the owner of the chain know what's going on. And then terrible things happen. 
Yeah. So this is an example for me of one of those books that the way that you feel when you start reading it can impact the reading of it. Yeah. I when I started reading the book, I wasn't in a great mood. And at first I just couldn't get into it. And I was thinking this is going to be Aaron's. Spaceman. Spaceman. <laughs> and then last night I'm like, no, I'm going to give this a full read beginning to end while I'm in not in a, you know, in a down mood or something. And I loved it. Isn't that a great book? I went from not being able to get into it yeah. to really loving it. And I do think the beginning is a little slow to I get started. Agreed. Agreed. But once you get to about that middle point, it just. The story really hooked me, and you feel for this guy. He's lost everything, the, and uh, his mom is great. Uh-huh, uh-huh. The book's written by Brian Buccalato and uh, drawn by Hayden Sherman, and it's – number one, it is just a really unique uh, uh, storytelling style in terms of the art – it has, you know, if you are a, a fan of shows like Breaking Bad, there is certainly a Breaking Bad element to it, even though the uh, lead character is not an anti-hero. Um, but there is this, this tone to it that is very, you know, uh, narcos, Breaking Bad. I mean, it's just, it's got that, that element to it that, that I, I really enjoyed. Yeah. And, I don't want to spoil anything about the book since it, this is the first issue and it, it is just out this week. But, you know, there are, there are things that happen in this story that really define the core concept of this character. Uh, I mean, you, you absolutely understand what this guy is going through because, you know, unlike Scott Snyder's book, you know, we have demons. This book shows you rather than tells you. And I, I super enjoyed that about yeah, this book. There, there is no exposition right. in this book yeah. to describe things. And like it doesn't tell you specifically, you know, and there's no paragraph of this character, this character's mother killed her, his father right. and any of that. You actually see the conversations with her and she is such a great character. She is. And, you know, she's the- getting ready for parole, so she won't admit to anything, but she's also super hardened from uh-huh. being in prison. When I do love, you know, their, the, the storytelling style, uh, you know, visual storytelling style, uh, he uses some, uh, uh, an establishing power shot where, uh, it's like the camera is on the floor looking up at her. And so sh- you see how immense she is in comparison to her son. And so you really understand the power that she has over him and around the end uh, of those around her. And you know, you really get the sense like, oh man, she's a badass. <laughs> you know, uh, one of the things I love about the book is that he needs to hide his identity at one point, you know, not because he's a superhero or something. He just doesn't want to get caught doing something. And so he wears the mascot costume from the chicken rest, the, the, the hot chicken restaurants that he owns, you know, thus chicken devil, because it's based, I guess, out of New Jersey. Uh, it is it is just a marvelous book. I highly recommend it. Once again, Aftershock's got a terrific new series out there. Uh, I, yeah. I I can't recommend this book enough. Last page just oh yeah blew me away. Yeah, 
Now the, the 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 book has a lot of those kind of moments in it, like you know, holy crap, <laughs> you know, it was really yeah, good. I, it was really. Good. I am so glad I went back and gave this a second chance. I, I you know, like, I, I said in our chat this week that I was doing Chicken Devil, and you know, Paul blew me off, but you know, Wayne, who's a true friend, went out there to get the Chicken Devil, and then you realize that he wasn't in the right mindset, and again, true friend Wayne came back to it. That that that's what a friend does, Paul. That's what a friend yeah, does. Well, I mean, I think we all know I'm not a real friend anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all. I, I mean, I don't think anyone's surprised. Um, I, I'm I'm you know with with me, I, I have a love hate relationship with Brian Bucolato. Mm-hmm. So I was like, ah, I don't know, because it, honestly, it's funny that because we, we were just talking about Scott Snyder being wordy. I find Brian Bucolato generally wordy. Mm-hmm. It's what I didn't like about his Flash run right. um, that he did a few years yeah. back. He so. does not do that in this book, though. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there, don't get me wrong. There's there's plenty of dialogue in the book, but it's characters talking versus wall of narrative. Um, and that, that's what I appreciated about the book, because I don't mind characters talking to me. I really mind where the writer is just narrating the book. But, hey, Paul, I think we should ask a question. What's that? What if Paul were what a real friend? If? What if? <laughs> We won't know because we already had the season finale. So there's no more story. There's no more what if this year. So one of the frustrating things about what if uh, when it came to the finale, there is a character in there, a version of Gamora that we never saw the story of Mm -hmm. because they had production issues around COVID. Originally, it was supposed to be a nine episode, and they cut her episode. Huh. Oh, and I was wondering that. It's I mean, going I mean, to everyone's be. wondering that, right? Like, where did this Gamora come from? Yeah, they may be, they're talking about adding it into season two, but we never saw that episode, and we were supposed to have seen her story as well. Yeah. I mean, now, that being said, I didn't feel like I missed much, and I kind of got caught up, um, but... You know, yeah, it, it was kind of odd, and I was definitely wondering, like, hey, uh, what at what point are the zombies going to come into play here? And they they did very briefly um, in this final episode, but overall, what did you guys feel about what if? Especially, you know, now that we've got the season finale, how do you feel about how they, you know, land, you know, landed the plane? Well, I. I got to say, I, I feel like there were a couple of really strong standout episodes that I, I, I very much enjoyed. But overall, I could take or leave this season. Um, and I was I was really kind of disappointed in the last couple of episodes. See, I found the last, not including the finale, the last couple episodes were some of my my favorites. I, well, prior to the Ultron one, like I loved Party Thor. I thought Party Thor was very enjoyable. Release and the there were, yeah, there were a couple <laughs> around there that I really enjoyed. I still like. I hated that they all ended on like cliffhangers, and part of that was because he was going to bring the team together, which was something that kind of predicted in the beginning. I don't know. Yeah, yeah you, you you were saying that from the very beginning, yeah. which was funny. That that's exactly what happened. I um I was lukewarm on it. I very kind of like Aaron. Uh, like it was fine. Yeah, it was uneven. Um, even the, the, the good episode, the, the few good episodes. So what, there were eight total. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Out of the eight, I'd say two were great. Yeah. Like four were okay or good. Mm-hmm. And the rest of them were like, yeah, you know, stinkers. And so yeah, it, it was fine. I, you know, I enjoyed some of the concepts. I don't feel like, quite frankly, I don't feel like most of them were imaginative enough. 
Um, I think that the what if might have been more successful if they'd just done it as a as a non serialized anthology show, you know, like the comics were. Um, mm-hmm. The I, I feel like they over applied the Marvel Cinematic Universe model where everything's interconnected. Um, and tying those stories together, I just frustrated me because once you, uh, once you start seeing how they all link together, you're like, ah, okay. You know, and it, I feel like it, well, it, you kind of take out the what if of it, right? right. Like what, now that yeah. now it's not a what if now yeah. it's, you know, Oh, it's, we're not watching what if we're watching guardians of the multiverse. Right. Right. Yeah. And I wanted more like, I wanted more episodes where you can look at it and this is the moment that things change. Uh huh. And think like minor moments where choices were made here or there. Good example is the very first episode. You know, the entire thing came because Peggy decided yeah. she wasn't going to go upstairs. Those are the type of things that I wanted to see right. where a single choice was made, right. not that a whole situation was contrived. Yeah. And I, it also leads to like at the end, I want to see more of uh, Captain Carter. I did too. I really enjoyed Captain Carter. Uh, she was my favorite part of the series, to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest. I feel like it's a mistake, and I, I can tell you what would have fixed the last episode for me would have been to include Howard the Duck in that last episode. That he find a reason that Howard was important to bring into this group of heroes uh, you know, to, to highlight some of the absurdity of the Marvel Universe. It, the last episode took itself a little too seriously, and I think that, that bringing in that little bit of just wild, weird sort of humor to it would have helped the show along. Well, Howard's got to be a good husband now. <laughs> you can't go gallivanting off to the rest of the universe. And let's face it, you know, if... Uh, if I had suddenly married Darcy, I'm not going to go gallivanting off to the universe. I'm Mrs. Gonna, the Duck. Yeah. There's going to be a honeymoon period there. <sighs> so uh, overall, I, I think we're all on the same page that eh, it was meh, right? Now, I, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. It was just. Is there going to be a I, second series, a second season? Do yeah. They're, pl- oh, they're planning on a season two. Huh. I'm assuming they'd already have to be working on it in order for it to be released in any semblance of good timing. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, but I'm wondering, when is the next Marvel show? Hawkeye. Uh, yeah, around Thanksgiving, uh, November, right? I think. Yeah. Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. okay. Because they've been trying to keep the Marvel shows going with very little break. Yeah. So right now, I mean... There's, there's no reason to own Disney Plus for the next three months. <laughs> yeah. <that's, laughs> there's no Star Wars. There's no Marvel that's exactly what I'm getting at. Like they've been keeping the Star Wars going and the Marvel, where there's at least one new major show going at a time. Mm-hmm. There's nothing right now. Yeah. Well, I think there's Disney Plus Day is next. So you know, kind of going back to uh, Disney Plus what we were talking about. It, it is November 12th is Disney Plus Day, and um, they're going to have like a litany of like preview stuff of upcoming. Um, so it'll have the streaming premiere of Shang Chi. Uh, on Disney Plus, to that. Jungle Cruise will be released for you know you won't have an extra charge for Jungle Cruise. Um, they'll have new premieres of Disney movies and animation and previews of upcoming shows like uh, the Boba Fett show um, and the other Marvel cinematic shows coming. So it's it's kind of like a, a, an event of here's what's coming to Disney Plus. Uh, I'm excited that Shang Chi's coming in there because uh, I want to talk to you guys about it because since I've seen it, you haven't. <laughs> Can I just say, you know, uh, uh, James Bond, nobody, no time to die. 
uh, uh-huh. opened up yesterday, and I am dying that I can't go to the movies to see it. I'm just, yeah. I, I'm just, you know, I'm like, no, no, safety first, safety first. Yes, <laughs> you, 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 you know, give, and I think I don't know which. So that is United Arts. You know, some of these movies are going to be released within 45 days on a streaming platform. I don't anyway, know that so they've declared that for No Time to Die. I don't know because it's United Artists, right. right? Like, who owns the rights for James Bond right now or distribution rights? I think it's I think it's still United Artists. I think that's literally the only thing they have yeah. going on. Yeah, um, and I don't know that they've got to deal with anybody. I know that Daniel Craig pushed for it to be a straight-up movie release, not dually released. Um, and it's driving me crazy, Paul, because we've been waiting for this movie for so long. And, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I'm just, come on. <laughs> no, I hear you. Well, and next week, you know, next week I'm a big, I'm a big horror fan, as everyone knows. Um, Halloween Kills is going to oh, be released day and date. Jamie Lee Curtis, Peacock. right? Yep. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. I will be watching it on Peacock. Um, the previews for that I, I look that. really good. I'm not a big mm-hmm. Halloween guy, the movie, but uh, I, the the previews for that look really good. Speaking yeah, of things that look really good. Yeah. Oops, sorry. Go ahead, Wayne. I was say that was one series that I had never got into horror wise. Uh, that's the my Halloween favorite one. one. That is my favorite one. Well, hey, now you don't even need to worry about it because they wiped out parts two through eight, so you basically <laughs> just need to watch the original and the new ones. There you go. There um. But like I was saying, you know, speaking of things that look good, uh, the cover for Amazing Spider-Man issue 75. That is a sharp-looking uh, you know, cover. It is a sharp-looking cover by Art Adams. They have um, announced that, that I think this Beyond era of Spider-Man has started, um, you know, post-what's-his-face. Um, yep, this is Beyond it. Chapter 1. Yeah, Beyond Chapter 1. So this is they, – they, they, they very much say at the end of the book this is a 19-part epic. Oh um, I don't know if it's weekly, bi-weekly, or whatever, but basically this Beyond saga is is 19 chapters, starting with Amazing Spider-Man issue 75. Yeah, they are, pushing up, they are pushing up the production of Spider-Man to come out more often. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is at least bi-weekly. I think they said they're going to try to do like three times a month. I think that's what it is, three times a month, because I think this next week there's another issue. Um, so this this week's book uh, came out. It has three stories, but the main one is written by Zeb Wells with art by Pat Gleason. Uh, Pat Gleason, you know, the guy who used to um, do the uh, the Superman and, and family basically book with uh, Pete Tomasi. Um, yeah, his, his art style has definitely evolved over time. And he is now the, the primary artist and one of the writers on this beyond arc of Amazing Spider-Man. So Wayne. You know, you've been reading Spider-Man all this time. I'm yep. curious how you feel about this, um, you know, coming out of the, the previous arc. Yeah, I love the book. You know I'm a big Ben fan. And I like seeing Ben back in a main, main costume, Ben back as a hero again. Uh, I think some of the lead-up to it was better than the actual issue itself. They, they've done some of the things with uh, backstories with Ben leading him to this point that I've enjoyed more. The last arc had wrapped up in a place where Peter was basically mentally traumatized by everything he went through. And I kind of like that they're dealing with that here, but I also don't like that they're just finding a way to sideline him for the Ben story. Like, I want the Ben story, but I think they could have done two separate books. I don't think they needed to sideline Peter. Or if they did, they didn't need to do it by injuring him. Yeah. Because he's already gone through a shit ton of injuries in the last storyline, and now he has more to take him out. He's gone through enough trauma, he could legitimately need to take a break from the the suit for a little bit. 
but they went the route of injury instead. Yeah, which I you know I found kind of silly, right? Like, okay, we're we're introducing this new Spider-Man. Hey, the original Spider-Man's in a coma now. By the end of the issue, like like you said, it felt like a an easy easy way to take him off the table instead of addressing something that they they kind of had already started with. You know, the the trauma of the prior events of his, of the recent events of his life really taking a toll on him. You know, deal with that in a mature way. No. He's got radioactive poisoning, and he needs to be in the he needs to be in the hospital while while Ben Riley takes over for a little bit. Um, I, I do like I, I liked a lot about this book. The art is gorgeous. I like how Pat Gleason, more so than some of the other artists um, who have worked on Spider Man, genuinely understands that Ben Riley's a clone of Peter Parker. Yeah, I um, love their when they're in the uh, the banter phases. And they mm-hmm. go back and forth and finish each other's puns and things. But even the art-wise, like they gen- they actually have the same face. And I think some art writers don't do that in order to uh, to or excuse me, some artists don't do that to in order to avoid confusion. But they have the same face. They just have different hair, different facial hair. Um, and so it, it it's I thought it was really well done um, on the art front. I, I actually really did enjoy this issue. Um, I liked yeah. you know what 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 it was setting up. Um, I like that at the end they – I like some of the – one, I like that they're bringing Misty Knight um, and uh, – what's that other lady that she's always with? Oh, Colleen oh, Wang? Yes. Yeah, Colleen Wang into the book. Um, I like that, you know, that there's – you know, so Ben Riley, so the Beyond Corporation has come in. They've hired they, – you know, they, they purchased everything that Parker Industries started including the copyright to the name Spider-Man. Um, so Ben Riley is, you know, legally Spider-Man. Um, you know, they're buttering up his suit. They have, they, they, they've given him a redhead <laughs> that, um, that he's dating. I don't know if they've given him a redhead. I don't know where that was established, no. but he has a so redhead girlfriend. That was actually a backup in the previous issue. Uh, in the life of Riley storyline, uh, it was the, like the lost days of Ben Riley. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a girlfriend he was dating that ended up getting framed for murder, mm-hmm. and it was like a whole thing with Kane and all. This is they brought her back. Uh, see, in my head, because and they very much like you know, especially if you're reading it in guided view, I felt like she was maybe a clone of Mary Jane. No, she always looked a lot like Mary Jane, and that's what in that storyline Ben recognize that that she looked like mary jane is one of the things that caught his attention what the beyond corporation did was they pulled some strings with the legal system mm-hmm. to get her released into basically the equivalent of uh house arrest for them under ben's care yeah well my head cannon is more uh huh. more interesting i guess basically they got him his own mary jane yeah so I, 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 I like I said I enjoyed it. I'm gonna pick up the second issue of the Beyond. Now that being said, three times a month is a freaking lot, um, especially if the book is you know gonna continue to be 4.99. I think this was a 4.99 issue. Maybe it was more than that. Like I, I you know I struggle to keep up with books that are released that often. Right. But Spider-Man has been one of the books I've been reading first when it comes out. So I'll definitely be reading it. I love that the writer appreciates the old Ben's stuff. It's not just going back to some of the more recent stuff they've done with him. Well, he's Ben's doing not a joke, right? Pulls. That's one of the things I appreciate about it. That Ben's not a joke. Um, you know, he, he, he's he's you know he's a fully fleshed out character. Yeah, I one of my favorite moments is Spider-Man shows up, the Peter Parker version, 
and makes a joke and they their reply is that wasn't funny the first time we heard it and that's yeah, because they, Ben had already said it <laughs> yep that's when they reveal Ben's under the rubble yeah so you know I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where the story goes um and we'll see you know we'll see how long I stay on for a three <laughs> yeah. times a month book hey, I am Paul. sure I've story yeah yes sir What's coming out next week? Well, um, we had mentioned earlier to mixed reviews, we have monsters. Well, the Scott Snyder second book um, from Comixology Unlimited, uh, Clear, with art by Francis Manupol, comes out next week. Uh, it's his sci-fi uh, book, uh, so I, I will be picking that up. Um, now, the, a lot of the um, the release lists haven't really been uh, announced for next week um, from Marvel Comics, but uh, from DC Comics, we have a very Batman-heavy week leading into Fandome. Uh, new issues of Batman 89, new issue of I Am Batman, if you uh, don't recall, that is the um, Jace Fox Batman book uh, written by John Ridley that I loved the first issue. Um, we also get the, the newest issue of The Joker, The Joker issue 8, kind of nearing the end of that book. Um, we also get two uh, Batman specials. One is the audio adventures of Batman. There's, a, you know, there's the upcoming Batman, the audio adventures on HBO Max. And uh, this is written by the creative team behind that uh, upcoming series. I don't I, I'm assuming it's I'm assuming that show when it comes out is basically just going to be kind of like almost like a podcast, but a podcast you can play on your TV. I hope that there is a way to, other than having to put the HBO Max app on my phone, I would like for there to be a way for me to listen to it like a podcast, right? Yeah. I don't want to just sit with my TV on listening to a a, uh, show. Yeah, and, you know, for for those who are not familiar with the show, like I said, it's coming to HBO Max. There might be, uh, maybe there will be some type of announcement during DC Fandom, but just a little bit of the cast. I'm just going to read a few names here. Ray Weiss is the announcer. Mm -hmm. Um, Bobby Moynihan is the Penguin. Brent Spiner is the Joker. Um, Jeffrey Wright is Batman. Uh, John Leguizamo is the Riddler. Jason Sudeikis is Mayor Hill. Um, it's and, a really um, good cast. Yeah, just a fantastic cast. Alan Tudyk is Alfred. Um, Rosario Dawson is Catwoman. It's got a great, great yeah, cast. So great I'm, cast. I'm looking forward to giving it a listen. Yeah. And uh, so that comes out next week, a, a kind of a prequel comic leading into it from the creative team. And you also have um, an, another, uh, I think it's a miniseries starting next week, Batman the Imposter number one. Uh, with art by Andrea Sorrentino, but the main draw of that is that it's written by Matson Tomlin, who is the writer on the upcoming The Batman movie uh, that you know is, is coming out next year. And finally, other books from DC Comics: Blue and Gold issue three, the last issue of Justice League: Last Ride, Superman and the Authority, the last issue, issue four, and the final issue of Strange Adventures issue twelve. Which, if they have a sale, I will get caught up in time to read issue 12. (laughs) Well, very good. Well, hey, we want to know what you thought about this week's books, what you're excited about that's going to be hitting the TV sometime soon. Give us a call, 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you could win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. And as we mentioned earlier, let us know if you're interested in joining us for a live chat on during DC Fandom. I'm sorry, I, I believe that's the Fandom! <laughs> what he said. Um, <laughs> I-O-M Geek on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Very good. Well, guys, I am super excited about Fandom next week, if you haven't been able to tell. Yes, very excited, and we will talk about it next time we see you guys. What a deal. Catch you then. Bye.
podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast. 